Don't ever start sitting in your lap. Just say, hey, can you move forward? This is not United Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll move their seat forward for you. Praise the Lord. I, I want to speak to you about, I suppose I should have turned that to white too. Where's your faith? Doesn't matter right now that you can't read the other part. You might be able to. Some of you have got good eyes. Where's your faith? That's a good question. Sometimes we need to be reminded of it. This morning I felt like when I was taking up the offering, I was being Doris. Felt like I was being Miss Doris. She would have been looking at me and going, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because Miss Doris used to do, come to people and yeah. preach a sermonette to them. She would. And, um, and before she left, she had you writing out a check. And uh, she was, it got to a point with uh, um, the Walters, the brothers, Brother Walters would see her coming to the door, and he knew what time of month it was, and he'd be seeing her coming to the door, and before she could even start preaching, he would just look at her and say, Doris, how much do you need? I got the checkbook out already. I got everything filled in except for the amount. How much do you need? That's what she used to do. And when, my, and when Lorraine took over as clerk of the church, um, she told Doris that she says, that's not my calling to go around and do that. I just believe God's people are going to be faithful. And uh, during the lean years, I can see why Doris did what she did. And so we need to have some faith. We need just to believe. I'm going to tell you, and I, this message isn't really about giving, but it's about our faith. But let me tell you why God expects us to tithe. It is where we, we learn to practice our faith. You see, this year, I'll turn it around, I'm not the Packers. This year is so precious to us as Americans. We love this. Let me make it more plain. We love this sometimes more than we love God. Hmm. Boy, those are only one solid bills. Why would I love those? <laughs> oh, let, let me make it even more plain to you. We love this more than we love God. Oh, wait a second. Let me even go a little bit further. We love this our credit cards, because we're so credit card debt, then we love God. Now, that's why he says to us, tithe. I want you to start learning how to have faith. It takes faith to tithe. Come on. School loans do. Lot rents do. Mortgage payments do. Oh, my word, why do they have to have the insurance coming out right now, too, at the same time? <laughs> oh, wait a second, we got that, we had to buy a new car. Wait a second, the auto loan is due at the same time, too. And I got paid, and I got to pay all these people. Oh, I know, I, I'm too afraid to stand on God's word, so I'll just pay all my bills, and what's ever left, I'll give to God. Where, what kind of faith is that? That's not faith. Is it? Is that the kind of faith we're supposed to have? No, we put God, God says put me first. So when I get paid and I got all those bills that I just mentioned, and I'm not even talking about the utility bills, because they, the they come in a different time of the month. You know, the cable bill, the gas bill, the electric bill. For all of us in Breckenridge, it all comes at the beginning. The electric bill might come at the end of the month, but it's really the first of the month. Now think about this. I stand on my faith and I pay my tithe first. And guess what I found? God makes sure that all the rest gets paid. That's faith. I paid my tithe first 
because by faith I do it, and God somehow gets the rest of it paid. That's faith. And that's why God has us do that, because we learn to practice our faith in the most simple way with our finances, so that when we're sick, or a child is sick, and we get this we get this scary word, cancer. We can have faith to believe for that child. All, even if the Lord takes them home to glory, we can have faith for that child that God's going to heal them. But we never practice faith in the simple things. How are we going to have faith when it comes to the hard things? Let's start here so I can get off. Of, I don't want to talk about money this morning because that's not. You see, we so many churches out there today have been built on. Let's just preach finances, and we're going to teach you how you can get rich quick. <laughs> I'm talking about. Let's be faithful to God and watch how He blesses our socks off. Oh, uh, for. I had to do those for the kids here that grew up in the 50s and 60s. I can't forget about them. You know, that was one of those expressions that go back then. I don't know what you millennials say, because um, I just saw that in an advertisement that um, these food containers were, it was in the, the ad that, you, a new way of hacking. And I'm going, <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't get that. And Jeremy's looking at me like, I don't get it either. But that's what it said. <laughs> Maybe he does get it and he's saying, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I, you know, it was just food containers packed with food for every day of the week. And I'm going, okay. I would have thought a new way of packing, but it was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll catch up one day. But Romans 1.16 says, I mean, look, look how this is. Go to the next, yeah, there you go. Now you can read it. <laughs> For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this book. Diana put out something I was not happy with. Franklin Graham got put in Facebook prison the other day because he quotes too much out of this and they called it hate speech. <laughs> but you know what? I know Franklin Graham. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to still preach it and I'm going to preach with the truth of the word. Candace Owen, if you don't know who she is, ask your teenagers. They might know who she is. She's just, Candace Owen, you just got to look her up. She is so cool, young, millennial, just beautiful, cool, smart, makes sense. Loves the Lord, loves her country. And she got put in Facebook prison the other day. <laughs> she doesn't want people trapped on, uh, on the plantation no more. You, I'm not going to go into it. You, you, you can go ahead and check her out, and you'll understand what she's talking about. But she got put in Facebook prison. The problem is with Candace, next to the president, she's the most followed on Twitter and <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Only President Trump has more followers on Facebook and Twitter. So her being the intelligent young woman that she is, she went over to the president's tweet feed and she tweeted the president what happened to her. Attached the article that she got in trouble for and it got more views than if they had just left her alone. And everybody's saying, this is crazy. Why did you lock her up? This makes sense. That's the problem. It's not hate speech. It's just speech they don't agree with. She went back to Facebook to check it out and guess what happened? She got this sheepish apology for taking down her post and putting her face. And they said, we're sorry, we're sorry. And she was out of Facebook prison. And she says, the thing is, I have power because I have this following. I feel bad for, the, for you 
And for me, whose following is little, and they can get away with bullying us because we say Jesus saves. How is that hate speech? Because Jesus saves. And we would say, he is the only way to heaven. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to stand up by faith, and I am going to, what? Proclaim his coming till Jesus comes. I'm going to proclaim the truth of the gospel till Jesus comes. I don't care if they threaten me. I'm going to proclaim Jesus until he comes. You, you see, it's the power of God to salvation. Do we not get that? It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. That means everybody here. And folks, we accept this by faith. We live this by faith. And we proclaim this by what? By faith. You see, by faith alone. Five, a little bit over 500 years ago, we thought we had to do all this stuff to get into heaven. Oh, man, got to go to church. Jeremy, if you want to reach God, you can't just sing to him. You need to start crawling from the, back, from the front door all the way to the back on your hands and knees and crawl all the way down here to the altar and then lay no crawl down here and lay prostrate before the cross for 24 hours that will get you closer to god what sam you're no good. You're a sinner, just a sinner, and God's going to get you. So you need to take this whip here with glass bits in it, this cat of nine tails, and you need to beat your back with it until it's bloody. That's what Martin Luther was going through. That's what he thought. And a little bit over five, finally he went to his mentor, and his mentor got tired of listening to it. I can't get close to God. What can I do? I've, I've beaten myself. I have crawled on glass. I have prostrated myself. I have beaten myself. I have confessed and confessed. And he used to drive the poor priest crazy with his <laughs> confessions. He would confess for hours. <laughs> you know what his mentor did to him? He says, have you, not, have you read the Bible yet? No. Well, why don't you go into the library and read the Bible and search God's word? Maybe that'll do it for you. And he came across, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> and he came across this verse, and he realized, what? I can't do it by all this stuff. I can't do it by beating myself. I can't do it by crawling on glass. I can't. It's by faith alone but today in america we have watered down faith and we've watered down grace that god will just my word jason i need your help i'm having this struggle and i think i'm just going to go ahead and rob the bank to pay off my bills and, and, and I bought myself a semi-automatic, and I'm going to go over there and do it. No, you can't. Thou shalt not steal. So what? The Bible says thou shalt not steal. God's got to forgive me anyway because of cheap grace. <laughs> God's going to forgive me. He understands. I'll just go rob the bank. Because of cheap grace, I can do it. What? That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> he says, thou shalt not do this thing. But if you do sin and you confess your sins to me, I will be faithful and just to forgive your sins. But if you do it premeditated like that, right. you do it premeditated and you say, I don't care what God has to say about it, I'm going to do my thing because he's got to forgive me, you better think twice. Because you're trampling on his word and you're acting like you're above God. Wait a second, who's the last person to do that? Oh yeah, was it Satan? As the church lady would say. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
No, too many of us are like the old communion used to say, Satan made me do it. Well, he might have did it, made you do it, but you didn't have to. We live by faith. And we stand on faith. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. I thank you, Lord, it'll not just, it'll go beyond just our hearing, but it'll sink deep into our hearts and encourage us to live by faith. Lord, there's some here today that are perplexed. I don't know what other word I could use. Sometimes, Holy Spirit, you have us get up here, I don't care who's preaching, and you hit us right between the eyes, and we go, ouch, and I don't want to hear any more of that, we want to tune you out. Lord, go beyond our tuning out today. Let those folks who feel that way this morning, let them know that they're loved. They're loved by their pastor, and they're loved by you. And Lord, it's not because let them know that their pastor loves them. And just like a good father has to do with his children, he has to tell them the truth. And so, Lord, I thank you. Because I don't want to stand before you, Lord, one day when, when you come again and we're standing in the judgment and, you, and people say, well, my pastor never told me. I never want to hear those words. I, want, I, I really want them to say, boy, I'm glad my pastor loved me so much that he didn't worry about uh, upsetting the apple cart so that I could have stronger faith, believe in Jesus, and have all the blessings that come from you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord, we want to live by faith. Lord, this culture that we're in is not an easy one to live in today. And so, Lord, I thank you that you help us and help us to stand up for the For, Lord, none of us here are ashamed of the gospel. We want to stand for you and stand in it and live by your word. So I thank you for your anointing this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let, let's just review one of the most important verses in the Bible, because by faith we are saved. By faith we are saved. Let's, go over, let's look at that Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Let's look at it right now. I put the fact up there, by faith we are saved. Here's, here's the scripture for you. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I heard somebody, Robin, leaned over to the person, no, that's works, we're not saved by works. It's so true. We're not saved by works. Here's the verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ. For what? The work he did on the cross for us. You believe that Jesus died for you, and he's been raised... By God, guess what? You're saved. Of course, there's a little thing about confessing your sins and say, sorry, Lord, that I made you have to go to the cross because, you know, I had a sin. Forgive me. And he says, that's why I went to the cross for you, so I could forgive you because I love you. Do you think I, didn't, I did this thing because I, it was just a whim? No, it's because I love you. I went to the cross and I laid down my life and I raised it up again, Jesus said. All because of what? I love you. Why do I love you? Because first my father loved you. Don't you know we made you in God's image? And I love you so much. And here's the cool thing. You didn't have to pay the price for your salvation. Can you say amen? Jesus is the gift of God who paid your price so that you can be saved. Now you might be going, duh, but how many, duh, sometimes we need to be reminded of it. This is how we build up our faith. You know what Peter says? I don't care how many, he has a whole bunch of stuff in the book of Peter that he tells all the preachers, you've got to preach this over and over again. 
And he even answered the question, but people are going to get tired of hearing it. But Peter says we need to be reminded of certain key truths. And this is one of them. Jesus died on our behalf. Jesus died as a substitute for you and me. You should have died, not him. The problem is if you had died, you would have gone to hell. But if he died, you get to go to heaven. How cool is that? So, I have to come to this point about faith. If he did all that work for you and you're saved through faith, by grace, not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, how can you not share him, Jesus, with others? <coughs> it is the greatest privilege that we have been given as the church. It's our number one job. But, but I thought our number one job was to stand up here and sing praises to I sing praises to your name, even off key sometimes. <laughs> praises to your name. I thought that's all my number one job. We were made to praise him, but it's not our number one job as a church. That's our number two job. Our number one job is to proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then we pray, because you know why that's our number one job? That brings more praise to his name than all of our singing can be done. So you want to raise up a hallelujah? Tell somebody about Jesus. You really want to raise up a hallelujah? Lead them in the sinner's prayer. And I'll tell you what, there'll be such a hallelujah raised in heaven. Oh, <laughs> glory to God. And you'll understand why heaven is fighting for you. I love I love the fact of what I was hearing people in their praise this morning. They were actually praising him with faith this morning. Proclaiming that the Lord was on their side. It's all because Jesus died. So the greatest privilege you have is telling people about Jesus. And if you don't have the right words to say, just invite him to church and, and, and we'll pounce on him. I had somebody who attended church here call me up and said, I need to talk to somebody, and please don't judge me. I'm not crazy. I said, I said to, when I did call them the next day, I said, I would never say that you're crazy because what you're going through is very real in your life. Because it feels so real in your life. And, it is, and, and I would never call you crazy, but I, what I can do is pray with you. You see, we got to have some faith and believe that God is greater than all our problems, greater than all of our sin, greater than all of our difficulties, greater than all of our financial woes. We need to start standing on the Word, on the Word of God, because it's the power of salvation. And it's the power to, for all of your problems. Apply what's in here, in here, and out there, and with your finances, and with your kids, and things will turn around. <laughs> Let me tell you, my life is not all hunky-dory, easy-going, Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to stand up here and brag, brag to you how great. Oh, everything is so great in my life. And oh man, I get so sick and tired of hearing Christians doing that. When the truth is, we all have problems and we all need to have faith in Jesus Christ to get us through the problems. But I know He is able. I got a kid that has wandered away from the faith, knows better, living a life of sin. <clears throat> but I don't want to bore you with it. Just pray for her. But I have to live with that and have faith that God's going to touch her. My health is not 100%. I'm believing for a miracle. I'm with you, Hal. 
Hell, Al's in the same boat with us. We're having to believe for a miracle. Hal was telling me that my word, this, I, I thought I had this problem solved, and now they're telling me I have to do this now, and I had to go do that, and I don't even know how they're getting the things that for to me because they won't tell me anything because I couldn't hear them anyway. <laughs> Come on! We're all going through something. Nobody's here perfect, and nobody, is, nobody has a perfect life here. But by faith we can live by Jesus. And by faith we can believe in him. And by faith he can answer our prayers. Wow. Nope, it's too soon for that one. Let's look at Luke 18, 27. That's the next slide. But he said, Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Wow. There's an old song, Jason, that we haven't sung for a while. It goes, all things are possible if we only believe. Stand on and let live. Stand on and live by faith. And here, let, let me say this now, listen up. Stop letting the impossible stand in your way. Yes. Stop letting the impossible stand in your way. All things are possible if we only believe. What is impossible with men are possible with God. Now this is Luke 18, 27, but... Mary, Jesus' mother, said to say, how is this possible? <laughs> Jesus, over in 1827, is repeating the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Start believing it. Yeah. Lord, I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know what? I had an old coach. I had an old coach back when I was a kid. He says, there's one word that's not allowed in my gym. There's one word that's not allowed on this team. What's that? Can't. It's not true that you can't. But if we have faith to believe, we can. I gotta keep moving here fast. James 2:17 says, <laughs> this is important to put this in here. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, one of Jason's favorite verses, is dead. Interesting. Faith to be faith has to have works. Hmm. Martin Luther always had a problem with this verse. It's not our works that gets us saved. It's grace and faith alone that gets us saved. But what kind of works do we have to do to get saved? We have to ask Jesus into our heart. And what kind of work is that? Having faith to believe. So that verse actually works with Ephesians. God wants more than lip service. He wants faith, come on, he wants faith that has action. Can you say amen? Come on, you can do better than that. Amen? He wants faith that has action, not just my word. So many of us go, I believe. Okay, then how come you're not being loving towards others? You thought I was going to go to the money stuff again. No, I said I was done with that. How come you don't love others? My word. Sometimes negativity just wears us down. Amen. Oh my word, if Jason wasn't so partial. Oh, if Corey wasn't so crabby. 
Oh, if Sam didn't have red hair. You know, his red hair is so popular, so many people dye their hair to look like him. <laughs> Just look around our church. Sam, you started a trend, my word. <laughs> I can't get, I, I, I got to get moving. <laughs> Jesus died for us so we can have life. And listen to this, have some faith here. Jesus died for us so we can have life and life more than, more abundantly. Scripture so why are we walking around like Droopy Dog? That's for the older folks. If you know who Droopy Dog is, look him up. I'm so happy. We act like Eeyore. Always me. If the sky's gonna fall, just let it fall. Of course, he has, there's the other extreme. There's Tigger. Oh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. <laughs> God wants you to have an abundant life, but we have to put action to our faith. So if we say we love people, we better love people. Right? That doesn't mean we let them walk all over us. There's gracious and then there's not, there's gracious that's abused. We don't have to let them walk all over us because we're not helping them. Because what we're allowing them to do is say that they love us, but they walk all over us. Of course, that's what Jesus did when he went to the cross, but however, we can help them to understand. That's not right. I love you. And Paul says you go prayed up and you say, tell them, I love you, but you know what? That ain't right. And that's, yeah. not, that, that's not helping your Christian walk at all. Yeah. Sometimes being loving is uncomfortable. Yeah. My word. How often have you had to tell your teenage kid that that's not a good idea and they don't like you for it? And you walk away and you look at your husband or you look at your wife and say, I must be doing my job right because they're upset with me. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm talking to the Gen, Gen X who don't understand what we baby boomers learned a long time ago. Because that's how, because our parents were just like, this is law and order, this is how it is, you just do as I say. If you don't like it, there's the door. And they meant it. <laughs> that's because you grew up in all those foster homes, I ain't word. Love you, boy. Hebrews 11.6 says, let's look at that. You're going to love this. By, because I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up now. I had to get to this point so I can get to this important thing. But without faith, <clears throat> it is impossible to please him. Did you hear that? See, this is why I'm, I'm trying to build you up here this morning. Because I love you. <clears throat> but without faith, it's impossible to please him. <clears throat> For when he comes to God, and most of that time is in our prayer, and in our worship time, and our Bible time. But if for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But what does that mean, diligently seek him? That means, we just think it means, I'm seeking God. No, 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 no. Diligently seek him, that just means I am seeking to get closer to God, but I'm going to be obedient in everything he says so that I can get closer to God. Who gets to sit at the left, at the right hand of God? 
Well, Jesus sits there, but who gets to sit at the right hand of Jesus? Jesus says that's appointed to the one that the Father has chosen already. But it's for the one who's the most faithful. And what did Jesus say is the one that's most faithful? The one who becomes the servant of all and is obedient in all things. I'm adding the obedient to all things. He just said the servant of all. But if you're a servant, that means you're obedient. Are you a good, faithful servant if you're not obedient? Yes, I do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> but are you, are you, oh my word. Hal's our boss. We're working in the bakery. Hal's the boss. And he told us he wants a pound of sugar instead of a pound of salt in the, the big vat because he's making a billion cookies and it's going to take lots of sugar to make it. So he said, I want you to put a pound of sugar in there. And you go ahead and you put a pound of salt. Is he going to think you're a good employee? No. I went out to eat one day. I went out to eat one day in Maine to one of my favorite restaurants. It looks like a hole in the wall. Best food ever. Best pies. She baked a lemon meringue pie. Oh, oh, I could just taste the lemon meringue pie. I just wanted that lemon meringue pie. So she brought it, put it in front of me after I had my good meal. Now, I could have a lemon meringue pie because I had a chef salad that day. <laughs> put my fork in that. Oh, it looks so good golden on top, went to put it in my mouth, and it was like, ugh! This isn't lemon meringue pie. She says, what's wrong? I said, taste this. She went, ugh! She went in the back room and she found one of her workers, instead of putting sugar in the sugar container, they put salt in the sugar container, mixed them up, and so the whole pie had to be taken and dumped out because somebody substituted salt for the, so it can happen. Do you think she was happy with that? Then she had to check everything she baked that day to make sure that it was actually edible. Now if I wanted a salt pie, I would have asked for it. <laughs> but faith, but so without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I want you to put up this next slide, and I want you to read that. Corey, I want you to read that. Don't give up on a brink of a miracle. Let me do it this way. Don't give up on the brink of your miracle. Thursday nights, well, during the summer, Wednesday nights, we've been having prayer meeting. For months, well, actually over a year, we had been praying for Lorraine's grandmother to have her vision Amen. taken care of. She couldn't see. She went totally blind. We started praying. We thought it was great that before she died, a month before she died, all of a sudden she could see shadows and some color. If you got right the right distance away, she can make the outline of your face out. We thought that was great. Praise the Lord. God said, I'm not done. A few days before she died, our aunt's pastor came to visit her. It was his day off, so he had to negotiate with his kids to go do pastor work. And so he promised his kids when he got done they were going to go do something fun. And they said, okay, Dad, you can go do that. But it was his day off, so he didn't want to wear his pastor's clothes because, anyway, she's blind. She's not going to know what I'm wearing. So he put on a Hawaiian shirt, his shorts. He went in there not looking pastoral at all. He and his wife went to visit her. They started sitting to, talking with her, and they loved to come chat with her. And, and he started telling what she, he preached that Sunday, and he shared some word with her. And, and here's a, not, not a guy who's Pentecostal. He was so amazed and so thrilled that God did a miracle in his presence. He says, can we just pray with you before we go. She said, of course, you know that. She loved prayer. And so they prayed with her. Simple prayer, asking the Lord to touch her. 
As soon as he got done with the prayer, she opened up her eyes, she could see perfectly. She described all the colors in his shirt, the blue bag that was on the bed, everything that was outside the window, the trees, and everything perfectly, and she could see until the Lord took her home a few days later. And he's going, a church that believes in sensationalism in some ways, they, don't, they say they don't believe in sensationalism, but compared to us, they believe in sensationalism, kind of. And I love the guy. He's awesome. We hit, it was like we were old friends. We just hit it off. They want to meet us in Fargo for a meal one day. I got I to make friends with, on Facebook with him. Can't remember his last name. That's horrible. So I'll call up Auntie Lil. Anyway... She could see. We had been praying by faith for over a year, but I can tell you this, probably most of us were just going through the motions after a while. And when you start going through the motions, that's when God does a plain old miracle. We didn't give up, even though she was days away from going home to heaven on the brink of a miracle. Don't you give up either. Some of the things you're going through is the testing of your faith. And sometimes we quit right before the miracle's going to happen. We give up right before God's going to answer. Abraham, come on. You're going to have children and descendants that are going to be so numerous as the stars and of the sands of the sea. Abraham, I know God told you this, but why don't you take my, my, my maid here, marry her, and have children through her, and they'd be my children. Okay, gave up on his, the brink of his miracle, had a child named Ishmael. Then God says, <coughs> I'm going to show you Abraham who was correct. You should have waited on me. Sent the angels. Jesus says to him, a year from now, she's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to call him Isaac. And because Abraham couldn't wait, and he got in the way of the miracle, We've had the ongoing problem that we've had in the Middle East ever since because all those Arabs, Ar Arabs come from Ishmael. All the Jews come from Isaac. Who did God say he was going to bless the world through? Isaac, not Ishmael. And then God said something interesting. He's always going to be warring with all his brethren forever. Doesn't that, doesn't that explain the Middle East? <laughs> They've been fighting with their cousins forever. We don't like the Jews. Well, we don't like you either, but you know, we're family. We don't care. We don't like you. <laughs> the interesting thing that's happening in these end days, all of a sudden, the, the Arabs on the peninsula, the Saudi peninsula, are starting to work with their cousins. Jimmy Carter met with Mahakan Begin and... Uh, Sadat from Egypt took him up on Mount Sinai and was having a private talk with them. And he says, you know what? We're all related here. Can he not work this out? And he reminded Sadat and Begin that they were related. And that's how they came to the first peace accords between Egypt and Israel. Interesting, huh? John 3, 2 says... Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Oh, wow. There's something to stand on. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. There's another faith verse to stand on. Come on. Why don't we believe it? We believe this verse. A lot of things would be different in our life. Acts 16.31. My last verse. And the crowd goes, yay! <laughs> Acts 6.31 says, so they said, believe, you know, you never ask a preacher 
to, to just have a short remark. You better tell the preacher how long he can have. That's what you have to tell him. Acts 16.31 says, So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. I thought it was interesting. You all turned to, a lot of, a bunch of you had to turn over to um, 3 John and look at verse 2. I, I, I love that. How does that read? The only one that truly, the only version of the Bible that truly translates it completely to the Greek is uh, the, the, the modern, the Mev. And the modern English version actually does the best job of translating that verse. However, it does say that. And I, I love the fact that you had to go check, wait a second, that's what the new king said. What does mine say? The almoner. You know, oh, it does say that. You, you know why we have a problem with that? Because the whole foundation of the name and claim it was based on that verse. That's why we all have to go back and look. Wait a second, it does say that? You see, you don't take all the name and claim it stuff and throw it all out. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You just throw out the bathwater. If, if, if we threw out the babies with the bathwater, oh my word, none of our kids would be here. <laughs> So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you, shall, you will be saved and your household. Here's another faith scripture. Let me tell you something, folks. Your miracle can be now. Believe for your loved ones and family. Tell them about Jesus. Don't worry if they call you a holy roller. Do you know, years ago, it used to be in our minutes, but it was in our history book, but now it's not in our history book anymore, that we used to get really offended, we Pentecostals, of being called holy rollers. I didn't realize that until I read the mighty, Like a Mighty Armor. So, Brother Fonce was telling me, he says, yeah, I started a church over in this one town. I won't go into the whole story of why the church isn't there today. But he says, we started up over a bowling alley. And I said, wouldn't you call yourselves the Holy Rollers Church of God? I didn't realize that was a thing you didn't say. Um, he, did, he did not find it amusing. I did, but he didn't find it amusing. And then I, when I read a Like a Mighty Army, I thought, oh, it's not like in the, new, it's not in the latest editions. We let go of all that stuff. You think, sister, did you, do you think Aunt Esther cared what... Fred said when she come over to his house, do you? You don't know what I'm talking about. Just watch an episode of Sanford and Sons. Sister Esther would come in there with her Bible after church. She couldn't believe that he, he didn't go to church anymore since his, her sister died. And she would go, Fred, you sinner, you. And Fred was always telling his wife, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> And even Lamont was trying to get her. You know Lamont turned into a preacher? <laughs> Aunt Esther, she might have been the most ugly woman, but her heart was in the right place. Believe for your loved ones and family. Speak the truth to them. Love on them. But tell them about Jesus that he's the only way. Let me tell you, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, ask him today. And believe. You're at home and you're listening to this broadcast. Ask Jesus into your heart. It's so simple. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Lord, let me know that heaven is my home. And I'm going to live for you and live by faith. And for those who are here this morning, there's a verse I didn't include. It says, work out your faith, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. My friends, 
God have his way in your life and live by faith. Say, Lord, I'm just going to start acting on my faith and living by it. I'm going to do it. I, I, Lord, I, I'm kind of a... I'm, oh, you might sound like Chucky from Rugrats. You might go, but God, I'm a, I'm a scared. But step out on faith. You might face some criticism when you step out in faith, but step out in faith. You know what? You can't complain and, and criticize Peter when you're just sitting in the boat while he's walking on the water. So take that step. My word, nobody else has walked on water until Jesus did it. Can I come out there and join you? <laughs> I, I'm so, I, I don't know any better. If you can do it, I want to do it too. Why not? Do you think that first step was like, hunky dory, I'm doing this. No, I think the first step was like, <laughs> touch the wall. Oh, it's cold. <clears throat> hey, wait a second. That's firm. This is cool. Hey, Jesus. How are we doing this? Wow! And then when he took his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he starts sinking. But Jesus walked over to them and just picked them up and said, come on. And you know what? He finished walking on the water going back to the boat. Jesus wasn't carrying him. He was walking on the water going back into the boat. He only started sinking for a moment. But Jesus says, hey, here I am. I'm here to walk alongside you to strengthen your faith. All you need to do is step out of the boat. Step into the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. Come on. And then I, and when you start to float, I'll just pick you, I'll just raise you up and we'll walk together hand in hand. And boy, what great things you're going to do. Think about it. Just take that step of faith and God will see you through. Oh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this message today. I thank you, Lord, for your touch. I thank you, Lord, that you have encouraged our hearts today in you. Lord, we want to walk in your footsteps. And Lord, we want to get out of the comfort of the boat and come out and meet you by faith. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.